Episode 131 of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast, as the One Minute Dashes return covering several things happening in Southwest Ohio. Plus, what's going on this upcoming Martin Luther King Jr. weekend? There's plenty to go around here on the local Sunday Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. This is a weekly podcast dedicated to sports happening in the Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio region. Visit theleewmowen.com slash podcasts to listen on your favorite platforms like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and more. Follow the host on Twitter at theleewmowen and the podcast at Pod. Opening theme is Arpy by Dan Hennig from the YouTube Music Library Collection. Now for your host, Lee W. Mowen. Couple news tidbits before we begin episode 131. First off, I was a guest on Michael Hearn's podcast, Around the Hearn, for episode 9. Go check it out. Uh, Michael Hearn at PBP on Twitter, Michael Hearn on Facebook, or go back to my social media where I retweeted it. It's a very good episode. Also, big congrats goes out to Joey Bag of Donuts, my friend, hopefully yours too, as his podcast, The Donut Bag, has reached 300 episodes. Congrats again, Joey. This podcast is now part of the Age of Radio Network. You can find the network at ageofradio.org. And also, because it's part of the new network, this podcast is now available on Megaphone. And I believe I'll be shuffling over my hosting stuff over there shortly. Also, this podcast is still part of the Podcast Ohio community, which is something I don't remember if I talked about or not, but Ohio podcasters getting together, and that's that's quite alright with me. So I like being part of both groups. Age of Radio just happened last week. So very new news tidbit for you there. So again, podcast is now part of the Age of Radio network. Still part of the Podcast Ohio network. I was a guest star on Around the Hearn, Michael Hearn's podcast. And congrats to Joey Bag of Donuts for reaching 300 episodes with his podcast, The Donut Bag. And now we start off with episode 131. We'll go with the one-minute dashes. I have it calculated to about 21 minutes, so prepare for 30 minutes, because it always seems like I can't stay within the one-minute mark, but with this, I feel like I can actually cover a lot more topics this way, and I've been pretty pleased with how it's been going thus far. So, still no theme to start off the one-minute dashes. I forgot to do that this week, but uh, maybe next week, though. We'll start off with the one-minute dashes right now. First off, the Dayton Flight. It's a team that I talked about. I forget which episode it was, but I haven't mentioned that the Dayton Flight will be playing at Building Number 8 on the campus of Sinclair Community College. And you can visit their website, which is DaytonFlight.com. You can find the schedule there and buy your tickets. Starts off 
February 1st with the Columbus Condors coming in. Then the Jamestown Jackals the next day, February 2nd. Columbus back in town the 7th. Dallas Skyline in on the 8th of February. 21st is the Jamestown Jackals coming in. The Tampa Bay Titans in February 22nd. Indy Express March 7th. Tri-State Admirals March 14th. March 15th, Louisville Yellow Jackets. Also April 4th, Louisville 2. Tri-State rounds up the home part of the schedule for Dayton. April 17th and April 18th. Buy your tickets at DaytonFlight.com. Very excited to see what this flight team can do. Very excited to see the first roster for the Dayton Flight. Again, they're part of the Basketball League, which will stream all their games on the iOS app, Sportscaster, with no E. It's Sportscaster. And it'll be all for free, so that'll be very, very nice. Again, I want to see the Dayton Flight succeed. So best of luck to everyone involved with the organization. From Dayton to Cincinnati, let's talk about the sizzle. The women's football team, the 2020 schedule was just released. First home game is April 25th against the Knoxville Lightning. May the 2nd against Huntsville and the Tigers. Capital City Savages from Michigan come in on the 9th. And on the 30th of May, it's Derby City and the Dynamite from Kentucky. I believe that's Louisville. I mentioned on my tweet that the home field was Walnut Hills High School. However, there was a previous thing from the Cincinnati Sizzle page to be announced the home field. So we'll talk a little bit about that later. For 2020, there will be in Tier 3 in the National Conference in the Southeast Region. Cincinnati will be with the Carolina Phoenix, the Daytona Wave Runners, the Derby City Dynamite, the Knoxville Lightning, and the Music City Misfits, spelled M-I-Z, Fits. If you want to see women play football, you got a local team in the Cincinnati Sizzle. The season actually starts off April the 4th, as Cincinnati will make the trip up north to take on Capital City and the Savages. In fact, it is an eight-game schedule, and hopefully soon the home field will be announced. Like I mentioned, previous few years has been at Walnut Hills. I think they were at Princeton for a year. So that's your closest women's football team. There was a team in Dayton called the Diamonds, but they have folded long ago. Staying in the Queen City, we'll talk about the Dockers, who are an Australian rules football team. Love the Dockers. And they have a big event coming up. Sunday, January 26th from 2 to 8 at Queen City Radio. It's a bar. It's not radio, I promise. They're going to help raise funds to fight the Australian fires. They have on their Facebook page a link in the bio. Live music, silent auctions, drink specials, and a raffle. I highly implore you to check that out on the 26th. Also for the Dockers, they are hosting the 2020 Eastern Regionals. They're coming to Greater Cincinnati and Claremont County. In Miami Township at the Miami Meadows Park. And that will be a little bit later this month. The event date is set for June 27th, 2020. Huge honor for the Dockers to host the Eastern Regionals. I can remember a time when the Dockers were hosts. Well, Mason, Ohio was the host of the U.S. AFL Finals. And that was a while ago. But two big pieces of news for the Dockers. And oh, by the way, if you've never seen Australian rules football, go out and catch you a game because it's a lot of fun. No protection, and it's basically a combination of rugby and football with field goals. It's it's a really neat sport. I, I implore all of you listeners to give at least 
a chance to Aussie football. You'll like it. Trust me. I love it. Staying in Cincinnati, we have the Ohio Valley Premier League. Something I wanted to talk about. It is an organization that's trying to start up low cost, low travel for everyone. Right now, a good footprint around Lexington to Indianapolis and plenty of Cincinnati love to go around. Handled by my good friend, hopefully yours too, Brandon Ponchak, who's the goalie coach for the Cincy Dutch Lions. Your team's in the OVPL so far. There are more to be added in. But you have seven off the bat. Your non-Cincinnati ones are the Indy Saints at a Cardinal Ritter High School, the Lexington Landsharks, who play at Transylvania Athletic Complex, and FC Pride in Indiana. You have four Cincinnati teams. First up, the Dutch Lions, the first team to be announced. The Cincinnati Soccer Club. I believe they have their own fields. Not sure where, though. Think near Mill Creek. The Halla FC. They'll play at Milford High School. And the Cincinnati Swerve at Lakota West High School. The same field that the Cincinnati Sirens wins teams play at so far seven in the books and believe it was on cincinnati soccer talk where brandon mentioned that had 50 some teams interested in joining the ovpl i can't wait to see it in case you're wondering u23 that is your average age where kids graduate from college and going up by the way the website is ovplsoccer.com and go to the faq's the big purpose of the OVPL, low-cost, low-travel league. Anybody can create a team and enter the league. And the goal is to keep players playing locally so there's community support. All members of the OVPL can showcase the talent in their community with the potential to represent the region on a national level if desired. Like I mentioned, there are several teams in Cincinnati that I mentioned, but I really like what the OVPL is trying to do. And hopefully, you know, maybe Dayton... And the Dutch Lions will jump in, maybe a Dayton team as well. But I really am looking forward to seeing what this 2020 season has in store for the Ohio Valley Premier League. Again, ovplsoccer.com. Continuing in Cincinnati, the next piece of news is for the Cincinnati Roller Girls. They just debuted their new venue. It's Xavier's Cintas Center. They're playing in the big house at XU. Very, very big piece of news, and I am excited for Cincinnati's Roller Derby squad. There are four Dobo headers at Cintas scheduled for 2020. It'll start off March 21st for Fan Appreciation Night as the Black Sheep and the Violet Lambs will take on the Appalachian Roller Derby from Boone, North Carolina. On April the 11th on Superhero Night, it will be the Black Sheep, the Midwest Mamas, and the Violent Lambs taking on Vet City Roller Derby from Bowling Green, Kentucky. May 9th is scheduled to be Star Wars Night, opponent to be announced. And June the 6th for Pride Night, the Black Sheep and the Violet Lambs take on the Kansas City Roller Warriors. You can now get your tickets at GoXavier.com slash buy tickets. You can call the phone number. Or go to the box office at the Cintas Center. How cool is it that the Roller Girls team has been around for quite some time and quite a fan favorite in the Queen City getting to play at a beautiful, pristine, state-of-the-art Cintas Center. I'm really excited. And hopefully I get a chance to see one of these bouts at the Roller Girls or at Cintas Center at the Roller Girls. But... In case you're wondering, those teams that I mentioned, not the away teams, but in roller derby, you normally have the top team that's your, 
I don't want to say varsity, but think of it as your top team. And then you have B and C squads, which might not have skaters that are quite ready to be in the A squad yet, but they still skate as hard. And let me tell you, my one time announcing roller derby for Gem City, that was a lot of fun. So definitely I recommend, I mean, you know where it is, Cincinnati Roller Girls at Centos Center. Previous home was the Schmidt Fieldhouse. Uh, still on the campus of Xavier, but go out and check them out again. First bout, March 21st, Saturday, against Appalachian Roller Derby from Boone, North Carolina. Sticking with Roller Derby and moving up to Dayton, the Gem City Roller Derby has a new home themselves. They're taking up the Montgomery County Fairgrounds on 645 Infirmary Road in Dayton. That's West Dayton by, by 35. And their home schedule looks like this. It's a triple header to start off April 4th. Purple Rain and the Violet Femmes, A and B squads, take on Ohio Roller Derby, while the Lavender Haze, the C squad, takes on Windsor Roller Derby. There is an away tournament to be determined on Friday through Sunday, April 17th through 19th. There's another away tournament for the Gem City Roller Derby. Back home, May 16th, opponent to be determined. And then the Gem City Roller Derby has themselves the Miami Valley Ope in tournament. Opponents to be determined there. And in a way bout for Gem City, they'll be at Madison Roller Derby June 28th. I want you to check out the Gem City Roller Derby at the Montgomery County Fairgrounds. Not only is it a brand new venue, I mean the fairgrounds have only been open for what would this be, two, three years now? But it's pretty cool. I mean, with roller derby, you don't need a big, fancy stadium. You just need flat service and the ability to have a screen pop up with the score and everything. But like I mentioned, my one time getting to announce roller derby is quite fun, and I highly recommend it no matter where you're at. Cincinnati or Dayton, there is a team there for you support. There's also a team in Richmond, the Dire Skates. Or the Dire Straits. It's one of those. And I didn't see any news from him yet, but don't worry, when I do, we'll put it on the one-minute dash. Now this next one is not entirely Cincinnati or Dayton. Yes, I know I'm cheating on this, but many fans around here are Cleveland Browns fans, so I respect that. And there's a new head coach in town at the City by the Lake, Kevin Stefanski, the former offensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings. He has a five-year contract with the Cleveland Browns. His press conference, many people were impressed, and I think there's a lot of clothing companies up north that are getting ready to print clothing, if they haven't done so already, with the quotes. Personalities are welcome. Production is required. I mean, how can you not like that? So, I think this will be nice, but then again, the season doesn't start until later on, so how are we going to know if it's a good or bad hire? I think it might be a decent hire, but we will see. 37 years old, Stefanski. He'll venture out of the school lands as his coaching tenure began as assistant to head coach in Minnesota back in 2006. Since then, he's been a tight ends coach, a running backs coach, quarterbacks coach before taking over as the OC in 2018. Which, by the way, that was previously occupied the OC role by John DeFilippo, who recently walked away from the Jacksonville gig as well. 
So that's now two one-year stints for DiFilippo. But I think Stefanski would do well in Cleveland. Best of luck to him. And how about these playoffs? They are crazy. So this next one-minute dash is going to be covering the entirety of our local Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, NAIA, and other schools in a span of a minute. I'm really worried about getting through the rest after Division Three, but we'll see how it goes. I'm going to start off with men's basketball for each of the divisions, and then I'll go over to women's. That should be about a minute each. I hope. Division 2 itself is just going to be a minute since there's only three schools in Division 2 in the Miami Valley and Tri-State area. Division 3, I think, might take a a little bit more time. NAIA, we got a couple squads and community colleges and the like. So please bear with me. I know one-minute dashes. (laughs) There's only been a couple times where I've kept it at a minute. But here we go. We're going to talk some college hoops. Let's start up the timer once again for Division One men's basketball. Wright State is 15-4, and 5-1 in her Rise League. Good enough for first place in the HL. After dropping a 76-72 decision at UIC, which snapped an eight-game winning streak for the Raiders, and that's the first road loss for Wright State. Hosting Cleveland State and Youngstown State. Thursday and Saturday. For the Dayton Flyers, they're 15-2 and 4-0 and and in A-10 play after thwopping VCU at home 79-65 with a strong 22-0 stand in the second half. For Anthony Grant, that's his 50th win as head coach at UD. Flyers are at St. Louis this Friday. For Miami, 8-9 and overall, 1-3 and in the MAC after knocking off first place Kent State at home 77-74. Ball State awaits Miami this upcoming Saturday. Cincinnati, 10-6, and 3-1 in the American after knocking off UCF on the road. First road win for Coach Brennan, 68-54. Memphis awaits Cincinnati tomorrow. Xavier, 12-5, 1-3 in the Big East after falling to Creighton, 77-65 at Marquette tonight. And over Kentucky... 12 and 6, 4 and 2 in HL play. The Norse are catching up to Wright State. They knocked off IUPUI on the road 96-71 and NKU has won 3 in a row. Almost got all 6 in a minute. Almost got all 6 in a minute. But I didn't, so I apologize. For the D1 women, Wright State 9 and 8, 4 and 2 in HL play, second place in the horizon after falling at IUPUI 80 to 60. Raiders are at NKU this Friday. For the Norse women, they're 9 and 8 and 3 and 3 in the horizon after defeating UIC in Chicago 88-46. For the Dayton Flyers, they're hosting Duquesne tonight, currently 10 and 7 overall and a perfect 3 and 0 in A10 play. Flyers last one at Richmond 65-51. For the Red Hawks, they're 8 and 7 and 1 and 2 in the MAC after falling at Central Michigan this weekend, 76-70 at Eastern Michigan tonight. UC 11-5, 2-1 in the AAC after beating UCF at home, 81-64. Tulane awaits them Saturday. And Xavier, they broke their 13-game losing streak, 2-4 overall, 1-4 in the Big East after falling at Villanova, 66-54. What broke the losing streak? 85-64 win at Georgetown. And number 14, DePaul comes into Cincinnati this Friday to take on Xavier. Hey, I got a little better. Look at that. All 61 schools covered for women's basketball in a span of a minute. Huzzah. NCAA Division Two Central State. The men are 7-7, seven 4-4 and seven, four and four in Southern Intercollegiate Athletic Conference after winning 
at home against rival Kentucky State, 89-76. Salem University's in town tonight. The women are 5-10, 3-4 for Central State. After a close shave against Kentucky State, a Marauders 54-51 win. Lane College comes in the CSU Monday. For Cedarville, the men are 8-8 eight and 4-3 eight and and in the great Midwest Athletic Conference. Falling at Walsh, 86-56. Tiffins in tomorrow. And for the women, they're 11-5 overall, 4-3 in the GMAC after falling at Walsh, number 25 Walsh, 75-73. For Urbana, they're hosting Charleston tonight, both the men and the women. Men are 4-10, 3-5 in the Mountain East after defeating Frostburg State, 72-55. Head coach Josh Gibson, his 100th win at Urbana. The women are 9-5 and 5-3 and and in the Mountain after beating Frostburg State, 78-63. And again, the Blue Knights... <laughs> Both women and men host Charleston tonight, and that's D2 in the books. Division 3 men's basketball will start off with the number 2 Wittenberg Tigers as they're 13-0 overall and 6 and nothing in North Coast Athletic Conference play after a romping road win at Hiram 100-82. What a season Wittenberg's having. They're hosting Wabash and the Little Giants tonight. The Wilmington Quakers are 4-9 overall, 2-4 and in the Ohio Athletic Conference after falling at John Carroll 89-72. Otterbines at WC tonight for Mount St. John. Josephs. They're 3-10 and and 1-5 and in the Heartland after falling at home to Rose Hulman, 74-68. Franklin's at MSJ tonight. And for Earlham, 5-8 overall, 1-5 in the Heartland after falling at home in OT to Manchester, 68-64. Bluffton is in Richmond tonight to take on those Quakers. Why was I worried about covering Division Three hoops in less than a minute? I still have a little bit of time left. <laughs> I keep thinking Division Three has like 12 different schools, and I, I don't know where I'm getting that from. But hey, there you go. All four men's basketball schools in D3 covered in less than a minute. Huzzah. For the women's side of Division Three, starting off with Wilmington. The Quakers are 7-6 and 3-3 and three and three in OAC play after falling at John Carroll 90-72. And Wilmington is at Otterbein tonight. For Wittenberg, they are 11-4 and 4-2 and four and in the North Coast after beating Oberlin at home 48-35. Wittenberg travels to Wooster on Saturday. And these Tigers have won 8 straight, dating back to December 7th against Kenyon. For Mount St. Joseph, the... MSJ Lions 3-10, and 2-4 and in Heartland after beating Rose Hulman at home 47-29, which celebrated 50 years of women's basketball on campus. MSJ is at Franklin tonight. Earlham 4-9, 3-3 in the Heartland after triumphantly beating Manchester 75-48. Earlham is at Bluffton later tonight. Pretty good matchups there. Hard to believe, celebrating 50 years of women's basketball at Mount St. Joseph's. That's quite the history. And in fact, I read their press release on it, and I think almost every team is represented by someone. That's outstanding. Way to go, Mount St. Joseph's. Four schools to talk about for NAIA. First up with Wilberforce. The men are 5-10 and ten and 1-2 and in the Association of Independent Institutions after winning at Oakland City 91-85. Next up for the Bulldogs, the MLK Classic at Lincoln College Sunday and Monday in Illinois. For the women Bulldogs, they're 9-5 and five and 1-0 and oh in the AII after winning on the road at St. Mary's 70-58. Bluefield State is at Wilberforce tonight. For Thomas Moore, 12-4 for the men's basketball Saints, but 0-4 oh in mid-south play after 
after falling to Georgetown, number one Georgetown, 74-61. Cumberland comes in tomorrow for a doubleheader. The women are 12-5 and and 1-3 and in the Mid-South after beating Georgetown, 87-55. For Indiana U, Eastern Richmond, the men are 11-9 and 5-1 and in the River States Conference after falling at Point Park, 85-77, with Carlo coming in for a men's and women's doubleheader Saturday. The women are 4-6 and and 2-4 and in the same River States after falling at Point Park, 85 <laughs> 259. Now time for the USCAA schools around here. First up with Wright State Lake and Salina. The Lakers are 3-14 overall in men's basketball after falling at home to Miami Hamilton 118-93. Miami Middletown is in Salina tonight. And the women are 2-10 overall after defeating Miami Hamilton 76-59 with the same Miami Middletown Thunderhawks in tonight. For UC Claremont, Cincinnati Claremont, the men are 15-2 after a 91-89 win over Bryant and Stratton of Buffalo. And the men Cougars will be at Southern State tomorrow. The women Cougars are 13-4 overall after beating the same Bryant and Stratton Buffalo squad 80-66. And the women will be at Andrews University for two games starting Sunday. For Southern State and Hillsboro, the men are 0-14 as the result against Boyce College has not been put up anywhere. The last loss was to Ohio Chillicothe 91-80. You see Claremont comes in the Southern State tomorrow, and there is no women's team for Southern State. And last up for college basketball, Ohio Regional Campus Conference play. Miami Middletown, the Thunderhawks, men's team 7-9 overall, but 7-1 in ORCC play after winning on the road at Ohio Eastern 120-87. believe that's St. Clairsville. And the Thunderhawks will be at Wright State Lake tonight. And the women are 4-7. But 4-1 and one in ORCC play after defeating Ohio Eastern on the road, 74-37. Again, the Thunderhawks will be at Wright State Lake tonight for a doubleheader. For Miami Hamilton, the Harriers, the men's team 10-9, 6-0 in ORCC play after beating Wright State Lake on the road, 118-91. At Ohio Chill Coffee tonight for their next ORCC battle. The women Harriers are 5-14, but 4-1 in ORCC play after falling at Wright State Lake 72-69. Again, Harriers at Ohio Chilla Coffee tonight. Hard to believe there's only just two local ORCC teams since I left to focus on hockey broadcasting at Miami Middletown. It's just the Miami branches. Wright State Lake used to be part of it. No longer. They're in the USCAA. And... Ohio State branches, the closest one would be Lima, and Ohio has branches, and that's it. That's it. I do wonder if any of our universities would think about opening branch campuses up, but there you go. You wonder if the non-D1 schools, because in the ORCC, it's Miami's branches, Ohio State's, Ohio's, uh, Akron has one, Akron-Wayne, I forgot about that. I wonder if the non-D1 schools would ever think about putting their athletics through there. Like, you know, Southern State's got a couple of campuses. Hillsboro, I think Wilmington. If I'm thinking right. I get Southern State and whatever. Uh, Southern State Patriots. Shawnee State. That's the other one. But there you go. That's college basketball. All wrapped up, neat and tidy in a span of I lost count. And I probably way over the mark on some of these. The only one I really had trouble keeping in one minute was the six Division One men's teams, and that's just, you know, my pacing was off on there. So, and there was a lot to talk about too. Again, Anthony Grant winning his fiftieth 
as head coach of the Dayton Flyers. That's huge. Yeah, we have a lot of great college hoops. There's never a shortage of sports in Cincinnati, Dayton, Ohio. Don't let anyone tell you that there is. And before we move on to part number two of episode 131, there is another one-minute dash I'd like to handle, and it's Miami Hockey. For Red Hawks Varsity Hockey, 6-11-3 overall and 3-6-1 in NCHC play, splitting the series at Colorado College after falling 4-2 in the second game. The Red Hawks do have a couple home games left. In fact, I believe it's at least four in a row. Number one, North Dakota comes in Friday and Saturday, and then Denver's in next weekend. Seriously, if you've never been to the Goggin Ice Arena, go. It's beautiful. It's fantastic. That's a great place for hockey. And I wish there was a way to carbon copy it and then bring it to Dayton. So there we go. We got a barn. Let's bring in a hockey team. That'd be great. Also, Talawanda plays there too. So if you go there for high school hockey, it's great as well. Especially when they're playing on the main rink. I don't have any updates for the Tri-State Collegiate Hockey League, because they haven't started play yet, although Ohio State and Ohio will battle this Friday. And in case you're wondering why I didn't cover high school hockey in that time frame, well, there's a good reason why, because that's the topic of the second part of this episode. Well, a little bit of it is anyway. And by the way... My friends over at the Norfolk, Kentucky Norse hockey team currently on a 15-game winning streak, and I believe Nathan Sunderhouse has something over 80 goals, like 86, something like that, and they're coming into town for the MLK tournament hosted by the Elks, so we'll talk a little bit about that in the second half. They're coming off a 9-2 conference win over Trinity, and... These Norse are 33-13-3 overall. Wins, losses, ties there. So, always a great program. Always like talking to Coach Jamie Antello, my friend, hopefully yours too. I've used that phrase like three times today. Interesting. On part two of this episode, we're talking about what's happening this weekend. MLK weekend. I mentioned the Elks tournament hosted by Centerville at South Metro. I'll have all those games broadcasted. And there's Flying to the Hoop, the one you're pretty much familiar with. There's also another basketball one I think's doing a great job. And it's third or fourth year. It's a very young tournament. But it's one you should give a chance to as well. And we'll talk about others happening at the Martin Luther King weekend as we're about halfway through the month of January. Hard to believe. Also, yesterday was the one-month-to-go mark for college baseball, as I mentioned on Twitter. Dayton and Wright State open up on the road, as most Norvin teams do. They head towards the south, where it's swarmer, although this year it's been a warm winter, knock on wood. No big, giant dumps of blizzard on me anytime soon, that'd be great. But then again, that's global warming for you, no matter what your take on that is. Wow, this got off topic really quick. Part 2 of episode 131, up next after the break. Hey listeners, did you know that you can buy gear supporting the local Sunday Sports Podcast? Visit the LeeWMallon.com slash podcast, then click on Buy Podcast Merchandise, made by T Public. You can get shirts, hoodies, mugs, phone cases, and even stickers. Check out the local Sunday Sports gear by T Public.
Gee, I wonder when part two of episode 131 of the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast is starting. Looks at watch that doesn't exist on my hand. Oh, look, it starts right now. A little bit of news. My latest Southwest Ohio hockey check is live on Ohio Hockey Digest and on Twitter at Hockey Ohio. Thanks to Scott for giving me the opportunity to share my love of Southwest Ohio hockey with you. A couple notes on the article. The last part I have is me talking a little bit about how my uh, one of the snippets of my broadcast of Springboro Finley got on to SportsCenter's Top 10. I didn't do any of that. I didn't send it to ESPN. It was Patrick Hall, the older brother to Harry Hall, that sent it in, and it made number three, the only hockey highlight of the game. And luckily, no one was making fun of the broadcaster. They were asking, where was this on TV, though? Well, if you put YouTube on your TV, then there you go, but... Yeah, I don't like making things about me because I always try to make this podcast and the broadcast about the athletes. I don't want people to think, well, of course I made on Sports Center. I should be on Sports Center. Why aren't all my calls on Sports Center? Actually, that'd be great. Actually, no, it wouldn't because then they pick the worst parts of it and then it's like, wow, this broadcaster's a jerk. So there you go. Again, this article is talking about what's left. For the Southwest Ohio teams. And that brings us to our second part of the episode. What's happening this upcoming Martin Luther King weekend? Of course, you should know who Martin Luther King Jr. is. If you don't, seriously, crack open a history book. But this weekend, there are a ton of sports. Hockey, basketball, the main ones. I think there's a couple of wrestling tournaments out there as well. I think the big event that everyone knows about, flying to the hoop. And you should. It's the second best high school basketball tournament ran in the country. It's been going for quite some time now. But we're going to start off with the Martin Luther King Tournament hosted by Centerville Elks Hockey. That's where I'm going to be at. And I'm going to be live on YouTube for hopefully all the games. Four teams are coming in. It will be the Centerville Elks, the host. The Troy Trojans from Miami County, the Elder Panthers from Cincinnati, and the Norfolk, Kentucky Norse from the Norfolk, Kentucky area. To close out part one, you heard what I said about NKY. 15-game winning streak, and one of their forwards has something close to 90 goals. And a 15-game winning streak, too. That doesn't hurt. So the Norse are part of this, the Elder Panthers, the Troy Trojans, and the host Centerville Elks. Four teams. When I first started with Centerville, we had eight teams come in. It was tiered, like you're part of the West or the East. And this year, it's just the four. But luckily, I don't think we're going to have a ginormous blizzard to drop like 15 feet of snow on us. Okay, it wasn't 15 feet. It was 14 and a half. No, it wasn't even that much. But there was a bad blizzard that hit us. Honest. And I'll be broadcasting all those on YouTube. The Centerville games will be on... YouTube.com slash Centerville Elks Hockey. The non-Centerville ones, I'll put on YouTube.com slash South Metro Sports. Join me for hockey. We should have a lot of great action there. Centerville will first take on Elder, and then Norfolk, Kentucky has Troy to start off our Friday evening. Saturday, we'll have two tiers in the morning. It'll be Elks versus the Norse at 8, then Troy and Elder at 10, and then Saturday night will be Elks and Troy, and then Norfolk, Kentucky, Elder. Sunday morning will feature the champions and consolation bouts. And then yours truly has to rush to UD Arena to cover 
Flyers women's basketball versus St. Louis. By cover, I mean do the DV Sport officials replay move. Not sure why I said cover, but there you go. So yeah, originally it was eight teams in, and there was a lot of action, and yours truly had to go to Meyer to buy a gallon of water, and I took a gold permanent marker and said, this is how much water I'm drinking after every game. Actually, I didn't get through all the gallon of water, which is strange enough, but uh, I, I will probably do the same thing again, even though it's only, what, eight games between the four teams? Everyone will face each other at least once, and then you'll have your consolation and championship game Sunday morning. So, a lot of great hockey. You got four local teams, three that I write about constantly in the Southwest Ohio Hockey Check. And it's not like I don't want to write about Northern Kentucky, because they are part of the Cincinnati fabric. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I need to start covering it more. And then the Dayton Stealth and the Cincinnati Swords and the Miami Red Hawks. There's a lot. There's a lot more hockey that I need to share. So, but yeah, definitely come out, catch some great hockey. If you can't, it's on YouTube, and you can follow me on social media, and then we'll talk some hockey. I will talk some hockey, I'll talk some hockey, and you listen. And by the way, Norfolk, Kentucky, will be back Friday the 24th, not part of the MLK tournament. They'll take on Centerville for the second time in two weekends. And that is scheduled to be Centerville's second-to-last home game of the season. The last one is February 8th against the Mason Comets for Senior Night. Again, if you read my Southwest Ohio hockey check, you know that I left that, that I talked about what's left for all the teams. So that's your Martin Luther King tournament update. And as we move on to flying to the hoop. Again, once ranked the second-best High school basketball tournament in the country. It's starting up in two days, four hours, 45 minutes. Who's counting? The website is. The only sour spot I have, I wish that the folks at SUV TV would actually pay me and unblock me on Twitter. Because, you know, I worked very hard, was there all day two of the four days, and came out after broadcasting two additional games to run camera and help out afterwards as well. But, we're not getting into that. 38 teams, 20 games in four days, the 18th annual event. Why did I think it was 20? I don't know. Now in its 18th year, this internationally recognized high school basketball showcase will take place during Martin Luther King Jr. weekend, January 17th through 20th, 2020. Watch teams perform in front of sellout crowds of 20,000 fans, 100-plus members of the national media, and 100-plus Division One, Two, Three coaches in Dayton, Ohio. Another great lineup is in store with 75-plus projected Division I recruits, as well as the top players and teams in the nation present. So let's talk about the games. I believe Michael Hearn will be out there to broadcast these games. Great guy. Good friend. And we'll start off with Friday. Two games on tap. Friday at 6.30, it will be Hillcrest Prep out of Arizona taking on ISA Andrews Osborne of Ohio. And then game two, you'll have Huntington Prep battle Prolific Prep out of California at 8.15. Saturday, your full game slate starts off with the Lone Girls Basketball game. It's something they added a few years ago to, you know, get more girls basketball involved. It'll be Carroll versus Beaver Creek to start off Saturday at 11.30. And then it'll be followed with Walnut Ridge and Woodward, a great Cincinnati battle. Actually, Cincinnati versus Columbus. Second Walnut Hills for a second, but that's Walnut Ridge of Columbus. Good Cincinnati-Columbus battle. 
Game 5 is Lutheran East out of Cleveland taking on Kettering Alter. Game 6 is Milton out of Georgia taking on Pickerington North. Huntington Prep will take on Lakewood St. Edwards, their second game, Huntington Prep. And then Grayson out of Georgia takes on the Wayne Warriors. Sunday, January 19th, your six games start off with Crestwood Prep of Connecticut against Garfield Heights of Ohio. Is that, Can- is that Canada? Actually, think of it, that is Canada. My apologies. Crestwood Prep out of Canada versus Garfield Heights, Ohio. First Love Christian, Pennsylvania, takes on Brush. St. Vincent St. Mary's will battle the Trotwood Madison Rams. Lakewood St. Edwards takes on Princeton. Dream City Christian out of Arizona has Pickerington Central. Arizona Compass has the Centerville Elks. And your last six games starting Monday will be Pace Academy out of Georgia taking on the Aiken Falcons. Gamble Montessori against since make it Chaminade Julian, Cincinnati Dayton battle there. Otterville and Anna, that's technically Northwest Ohio battle there, but Anna's in the Miami Valley, so that's Northwest Southwest. Spire Prep Academy, you know, where LeBron James' son's playing. They'll take on the Springfield Wildcats. Taft versus Thurgood Marshall, another good Sunday battle there. And to close up the book, Hughes takes on Kettering Fairmont. What's different is Kettering Fairmont normally leads off line to the hoop since they're the host. But they have the last game this year, and it's another good Sunday battle there. Hughes is currently leading the Cincinnati Metro Athletic Conference, undefeated, or the Big Red. I think the Firebirds are having a pretty good season as well. So that's your games. Again, flying to the hoop, schedule, get some tickets. Although it might be too late for you because I think most of them have sold out. So yeah, definitely a great tournament. Eric Horseman and his company, they do a great job pushing this. And I'm happy that flying to the hoop is such a big thing. You get national media coming in, focusing on these kids. It's just, it's awesome. So, I don't know why I thought it was the 20th, but there you go. In a couple of years, I'll be right, but not this year. So definitely flying to the hoop. It's at James S. Trent Arena, who sadly passed away a couple days ago. Big loss in the Kettering community. But, yeah, 5,000, I think it's 5,000 seats at Trent. It's a beautiful place. Definitely a lot of basketball. Come out, get out early for parking, because it's going to be packed. But enjoy. Flying to the hoop. And again, Michael Hearn will have the broadcast live from Kettering. Great guy. Very happy for him. But Lee, you ask, there's got to be more basketball to talk about. Well, there is. How about the Midwest King Classic? According to the article released by the Cincinnati Enquirer, this is just the second Midwest King Classic, which I don't know why I thought it was a little older than it is, but there you go. In case you're wondering, it's at the state-of-the-art Wade E. Miller Arena, the new one at Middletown High School, and it goes January 18th through the 19th. It'll start off Saturday at noon with Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy taking on Fenwick, then Westerville Central battles Western Hills. That's a Columbus-Cincinnati battle for you there. Afterwards, Kings battles Springboro, then Sycamore battles St. Xavier. At 6.30 that Saturday, Elder has St. Vincent St. Mary, and to close up Saturday night, Purcell Marion versus Middletown. The Middies are the hosts. Sunday, the gates will open at 10.30 and 11.30. We'll have Euler taking on Pollitz Tech. Another great Sunday battle there. Coleraine LaSalle at 1.15. At 3, it's Cincinnati Christian battling Gamble Montessori. 4.45 is National Trail battling Middletown Madison. 
6.30 is Covington Catholic versus Taft. And to close out the event, Moeller takes on Hughes in the Big Red. That's a lot of great local talent in the Midwest King Classic. Very surprised to see National Trail in there. Happily surprised. As a Preble Countyan, you know, when we see Preble County schools doing big things, we're excited. Okay, I'm excited. I don't... I know the National Trail community, which is New Paris and that northwest Preble County area. I know they're excited about it. Big event, taking on Middletown Madison, which is a great team. I know Madison Township should be ready for this battle. I mean, Grant Wisman already has the school record for most points scored for the Mohawks. Very excited. A lot of great, greater Catholic League battles there. Great Cincinnati-Dayton battles, Cincinnati-Columbus mixed in there a couple times. Elder St. Vincent-St. Mary, you know, the high school that LeBron James went to before he became big in the NBA. There's a lot of great matches here. Let me tell you the walk-up prices for these tickets. General admission is 10 bucks per day. Student admission, you have to show your ID, is 5 bucks per day. That's not bad. Advanced sales, well, it's a little late for that because, you know, it's this weekend. Saturday only, 8 bucks. Sunday only, 8 bucks. And tickets can be purchased at kingclassicmidwest.com. Big event, very excited for. I love seeing the lineup here. And like I mentioned, very excited that National Trail's in it. But I think all these will be great matches. And in fact, yours truly is going to look through here, see if it's broadcasted anywhere. Flying to the Hoop has their own thing. It'd be great if the Midwest King Classic had something as well. Let's load up that website. Load up that beautiful bean footage. And there we go. Like I mentioned, Wade E. Miller Gym at the new Middletown High School. It's still a little sad to realize the old Wade E. Miller Gym was met with the fate of being bulldozed and no longer exists. But what a beautiful place to have it. Why wouldn't you have something like that there? One big thing about the King Classic, in an effort to honor Martin Luther King, a portion of the event proceeds benefit funds that work directly towards social equality. That's something that's not really, you know, mentioned in Flying to the Hoop. That's huge, and I love the King Classic for that. I think it's great. In addition, each participating team will also take part in community service components as well, which is also part of giving back. That's huge. The schedule is on the bottom of it. Not really seeing way to watch if you can't. In case you're wondering how last year went, well, remember that big uh, blizzard kind of wrecked things, so there's only six finals. Covington Catholic beat Elder 47-31. Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy beat Sycamore 65-58. Crestwood beat Middletown 64-50. LaSalle beat Thurgood Marshall 60-48. Purcell Marion ran over Deer Park 83-67, and Moeller defeated Lakota East 61-53. Your all-king classic team from last year, Nick Thielen of Covington Catholic, Austin Arthurs of CHCA, Kobe Antwi of Crestwood, Michael Wergers of LaSalle, Brian Wara of Purcell Marion, and Alec Freem of Muller. I believe that's Freem. And it talks about the college commitments. Miles McBride of Muller went to West Virginia. Jacoby Neath of Crestwood Prep went to Wake Forest. A couple of Division II offers. Bellamine had the most 
committed to them. Alex Frame, P-F-R-I-E-M of Muller, went to Bellarmine. Nick Thielen of Covington and Bash Wheeland of Lakota East, they all went with the Knights. A.J. Garrett of Purcell Marion went to Fairmont State. And Brian Wara of Purcell Marion went to Malone. That's cool how they, you know, let you know about that, so. The only thing is, there's not really anyone broadcasting, and that's a shame. I mean, yes, we live in the era of social media, so if you want to find something out, go on Twitter or something, and bam, it's right there in front of your face. But, the one thing is, it'd be great if they could stream it on YouTube or something, so people could watch. Or, you know, have a have a, played, a paid platform, too, if you want to make money that way. But, yeah, give the King Classic a try. It's definitely great basketball, with a lot more Cincinnati-Dayton flavor. And I, I can't talk highly enough of it, so definitely you have your options in basketball. But Lee, you scream at me on your device that you're listening to podcasts. What do I do if I want to leave the Cincinnati-Dayton area? Well, first, you stop screaming at me. I'm not going to tolerate that crap. Second off, you give me a second to talk about the classic in the country, which is girls basketball. It's a it's like flying to the hoop for all girls basketball. And it's at Berlin Highland, which is Amish country. Let's pull up the Classic in the Country Challenge, classicinthecountry.org. And right in front of your face, bam, lots of local talent. And in fact, three of the five pictures that flash in front of your face are from the Cincinnati Dayton area. You have a basketball player from Mount Notre Dame who's number one in this state. You have a Sycamore Aviator right there and a Fairmont Firebird as well. That's great. And yes, this tournament does have people broadcasting it. And hitting media is not the way to tell you that. Let's talk about the schedule, though. Start off Saturday, January 18th at 9 a.m., bright and early. The Fort Loramie Redskins take on Loudonville. Then you have the Tri-Village Patriots taking on Margarita. That's a school. Not sure where they're from, and it doesn't say what state they're from. Apparently they're from Ohio, but I never heard of the Margarita School. So there you go. Noon, you have Kent and McKinley taking on the Mason Comets. Game 4, 1.30. Napoleon against Western Reserve. Back to Sunday Flavors. Game 5, Lakota West takes on Hoover. Game 6, Kettering Fairmont against Glen Oak. Game 7, Mount Notre Dame will take on Laurel. And Game 8 on Saturday, 7.30 p.m., Berlin Highland takes on Winston-Salem Christian out of North Carolina. Sunday, January 19th. Mason Commons take on Newark. East Lake North takes on Kettering Fairmont for the second game that Sunday. Mount Notre Dame has Winston-Salem Christian. I was double-checking to make sure, like, wait, didn't they play them to end Saturday? But no, that's Highland, sorry. Toledo Notre Dame has Lakota West, 4.30 Sunday. 6 o'clock is the Wayne Warriors against Glen Oak. And Lincoln will battle the Centerville Elks, 7.30 that Sunday. Monday, a couple more games for you as Reynoldsburg has New Philadelphia. Solon has Princeton, the Vikings. Homestead out of Indiana has Pickerington Central at noon. At 1.30, the Wayne Warriors battle Aurora. Centerville has Toledo Notre Dame at 3 on Monday. Mercy McAuley out of Cincinnati takes on Wadsworth. Chippewa takes on West Branch at 6. And Shelby takes on Berlin Highland. And that wraps up your classic in the country schedule. Lots of great games. Lots of Cincinnati Dayton flavor. 
And like I mentioned, this is, I think, Northeast Ohio. So yes, it's Amish country. There is a banner down here where you can listen live from WKLM 95.3 with play-by-play interviews and more, WKLMFM.com if you're not in the listening area. And there's also a little box for scoreboard and box scores. Click here and it opens up a new tab in Firefox. And wouldn't you know it, there's no finals yet. What's that about? Oh yeah, they haven't started. That's this weekend. Anyway, classicinthecountry.org, like I mentioned, this is basically flying to the hoop for girls basketball. It is a long-running tournament. However, there's not a lot of history shared on here. I want to say it's... Okay, here's the frequently asked questions, which is great. What's the deadline? Tuesday, January 14th. Well, darn, I missed that. Oh, this is for media credentials. Let's see if there's any history on this. What are the provisions for radio news? I have lots. Provisions for providing live radio broadcasts. The station is responsible for its telephone line arrangements and charges. No sponsorships that include alcohol, tobacco, or political parties, candidates are permitted. Thank you for banning those. That's great. And live radio broadcasts of individual games. Same thing. Tell me about media interviews. Looking through here, first time up. I know it makes for exciting podcasting. There's food and beverages available for media. No history. That's a shame. It really is. I'd like to know the history on this, because I feel like it's been around a long time. Then again, I thought the Midwest King Classic was around for a couple years, and this is just the second go-around. Silly me. Let's see. Let's... Oh, I guess I could see which media is coming in, because I have a list of that. Going back there. Tickets doesn't really show history. Media outlets approved? None. <laughs> Hasn't been updated yet. <laughs> no media allowed! But, uh... I presume that station I mentioned on the website is covering all of it. Your ticket information, if you want to watch all three days, it's 25 bucks. That's not bad. Single day is 10 Non-participating team rate is 75 bucks. For security purposes, all persons will have a wristband attached to them and color-corded, depending on date of purchase. Must be worn all times while inside a site. And, yeah, then sponsors. I wish they have a little bit more of their history, because like I mentioned, it's huge. I know Jim DeBelt loves going to this event, and I don't know if he's going this year or not, but definitely... If you haven't been now to Berlin, Ohio, give it a shot. Enjoy a weekend, you know? Like I mentioned, girls basketball, great action. And I don't want to hear, It's not basketball, it's not dunks and everything, it's not the same. Well, first of all, of course it's not the same. But second off, it's still basketball, and there's great fundamentals on it. So, definitely, I say go to either one of those. That's three great basketball Things. The only thing is, Berlin, Ohio is not in Cincinnati, Dayton. Like I mentioned, it's Northeast Ohio. So there you go. There's also the Pioneer Classic, which is hockey. Although there's also a Pioneer Classic for wrestling. I think I talked about that last week. Let's load that up, because there's a lot of local teams going to the Chiller North in Lewis Center, Ohio. And the problem is I put in just Pioneer Classic Hockey, and it's not talking about Columbus, Ohio. Let's load that. There we go. 
There is a Twitter account, Pioneer Classic, in case you're wondering, but I don't think it's been updated since 2017, so that's not going to be any help. Last thing in between was about Liberty Ice Hockey. Big three win over Newark to take home the championship in the Orange Tourney. What if I put in 2020 in the results? Maybe it'll give me that. I think Springboro's going to this. Talawanda is. Or Springboro going to the Tam O'Shanter for that one in Toledo. I'm not sure. What I'm sure about is there is a ton of sports going on this weekend. Just remember what's happening, okay? I remember why this weekend's happening. Martin Luther King Jr. did his best to make sure that we didn't judge people on the color of their skin, as it should be. So definitely remember why we have this three-day weekend, but then also enjoy the sports. Lastly, to wrap up, episode 131, I like to talk about the high school hockey poll. It just released yesterday, and at the top three, no big changes. Although Upper Arlington did not pick up a first place vote, which is a shame because now they are 24-0. and And by the way, next weekend they're coming to Springboro, the South Metro Sportsplex, and yes, I'll have that call, and I'm very excited to see what the Golden Bears look like. Also in the top 10, you have St. Charles at number 8, Olentangy Liberty slipping from 4 to 6, and that's it. That's your three Columbus area teams. You can look at the complete ranking on my hockey, and this is from OhioHockeyDigest.com, which I definitely recommend you checking out. The closest Cincinnati Dayton school in the state rankings, Talawanda slipped from 18th to 21st. I'm not entirely sure what I I don't claim to know how rankings work. Their numbers, but the Brave are 22 and 1. That's 20 wins, 2 losses, and 1 draw. And that's your closest Cincinnati Dayton school to the top 10. You do have Finley at number 18. Dublin Jerome moved up a couple spots to 16th. After Talawanda, Olentangy Berlin, they're on a hot streak. And 15 and 3. I thought they had a couple more losses than that. St. X, 26, 7-9-2, their first year in the capital. This is according to MyHockeyRankings.com. We have a couple more I'd like to cover. Bowling Green High School, their first year back. They took a year off last year, but they're back with a vengeance. They are 34th, although they are 5-18-1. Springboro is 40th in the state. Beaver Creek, 42nd. Sandwiched in between those teams, Dublin Kaufman, Olin Tangy, 43rd. Alter 45th, Bishop Watterson 44th. Not sure why I'm going out of order for some of these, but hey. Gahanna Lincoln 52nd. Columbus Academy 56th. Sycamore 57th. Centerville 60th. Dublin Scioto 63rd. Troy 66th. Mason 67th. Elder 71st. And that's your run of Sunday hockey. Hopefully I didn't mess one. But yeah, there's 77 high schools that have hockey which I think that's run down. Although these rankings, you have to enter them, and then you have to get an account and pay for the opportunity to enter them in, which, whatever, not getting into that. But we look at the non-high school Ohio hockey teams. 
And Norfolk, Kentucky, I thought... Oh, they're 10th. I thought they were 5th. What was that tweet that said that? The Swords are number 2. And this is for kids that don't have hockey at their high schools. This is like your youth hockey associations. They have a varsity team. Cincinnati Swords happens to be 3rd, Dayton Stealth in 4th. Which, by the way, next Saturday I get to announce their senior day. Very excited to do. Your top team, the Newark Generals, number one. It's Newark, Cincinnati, Indian Hill, Dayton, Hilliard Southwest High School, North Royalton, Medina, Westerville, Canton, Akron. Last year, part of the MLK tournament in Centerville. Not this year. They're the Pioneer Classic. The Norfolk, Kentucky rounds up the top ten. Miami Junior Redhawks, their 13th. Uh, I mentioned Cincinnati Swords on there. Springfield Blue Devils, that's not our Springfield, is it? Too many Springfields. LaSalle is no longer LaSalle. They're the Cincinnati Lancers, but they're 24th out of 27 non-high school affiliated teams. And that's all the local ones that I can see. And there you go. There's a little hockey... To finish up, 131 of the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast. Thanks for tuning along as next week, hopefully, we will reach the halfway point of boys basketball as Tony Peters and Seth Keim will join me once again and we'll talk a little boys basketball. And that's what's in the pipeline for episode 132. 133, two weeks? Not sure. Hopefully, I can get talk to Jim DeBelt and we talk a little girls basketball to cover both boys and girls inside of things. But I still have yet to ask him, so I'll ask him. Maybe that'll be 133. I don't know yet. Again, want to thank the Age of Radio Network for including me and bringing me aboard. Very, very cool. Podcast Ohio Network as well. And want to thank you, the listener, for listening to me for an entire hour worth of local Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports. It's great talking sports with you again. Always enjoy doing this podcast. And until episode 132, this is Lee W. Mound signing off. And we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. To subscribe to the podcast, please visit the leewmowen.com slash podcast. From there, you can choose your favorite platform, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and many more. Interact with the podcast and host on Twitter at the Lee W. Mallon and at Pod. Like the Facebook page, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast, and download the free Flick Chat app, then search for the local Sunday sports group to submit your future Mowen's Mailbag questions. The closing theme is Lights Go Down by Dan Hennig, provided by the YouTube Music Library Collection. This is Lee W. Mowen, and I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Please join me again next week on the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast.